This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores. Jack Pate scores. Heffel is in there. Smith scores for Huddersfield Town! 3-2 Town! Boris Sherry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The quatch was in, round the hair! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 38 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Been to Stamford Bridge, the Etihad, and Liverpool away. Now we're going to Luton Town. Oh, stop that, son. The great great news is that Andy K from AKLD Trading is unsponsoring this episode of Kazirooke, so I'm afraid you're gagged. Neil, what does Andy do? AKLD Training is run by Andy Kay, who is a qualified life and business coach. He's a leadership development facilitator, coach and trainer who works with companies to prove their leadership skills. So how long has he been doing that, Neil? He's been doing that about 15 years as a coach, with his roots based in emotional intelligence and sports psychology. We'll post a link to Andy's LinkedIn page for those interested. Okay, so if I can't sing, we're having a hostile takeover. And I am running the show, guys. So, <laughs> unlucky. Here we go. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! So hello and welcome to episode 38 of Any Takes That Chance podcast, sponsored by our new sponsor, AKLD. Joining me in the podcast tonight, making a heroic return, like when Mick Buxton arrived for a second spell at Leeds Road, is Radio Sangam's finest, Mr. Neil Wayne. Hola, Neil. Good evening, son. Feeling better? No, not really. 
Also here with us and thrown into an unfamiliar role in a non-presenting chair, but relishing the challenge as much as Kevin Gray did against Gordon Watson back in the mid-90s, is Matt Shaw. Hello, Hi, mate. Matt. Yeah, I, I was expect. I've been that twelve months get- of pot shots to you. I'm expecting a bit more stick than that, like Colin Bell's hair. But I'll, I'll take that, that won't get us sued, will it? That no, <laughs> a fair tackle. And the Sky Saucers were correct. Back with us after an absence as long as a town victory, it seems. <laughs> is Mister Danny G? Hello. Danny, how are you? I'm. Uh, I'm not so bad, thank you. Good to be back. Can I ask this question? Just quick, quick one. Yeah. Have we actually won since last time you did a podcast? No. No, well, I've got some fascinating facts here. Did you know today, guys? It's a five. It's officially five hundred dates since our last Saturday win against Watford in April twenty eighteen. I thought I'd start us off on a real positive note. Worth it. <laughs> and Tom Ince tonight probably chopping out at Ellen Road. Yeah. <laughs> the last place at the score for us. Absolutely shocking. So yeah, without further ado, I've even done some research as well. So feel Next free. Change. So I want there on Saturday, one of the reasons I'm presenting this tonight. So Reading beat us two goals to nil. 680 away fans were going wild to Ovi Ejiria and Michael Morrison's late goals. 4-2-3-1, again, Mark Hudson. Two changes, Jaden Brown was in for Tommy Elphick. Terence Congolo moved to centre-back. Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. That's yeah. right. Adama Diakabi came in for... Emil and Benza, shuffling uh, Isaac or whatever his name is. Isaac. <laughs> and Pen- it was Emil and Penza who played for Belgium the years ago. I think that's ago, called it? shuffling and digits on the Titanic, <laughs> that one. Again, I used that one. It went down well last week. Josh Kroma came in for Elias Kachunga on the bench. So Matt, quote some of your stats. We had 66% possession, 560 passes compared to their 289, so it's nearly double. 10 goal attempts. They, they, they got double at our amount of yeah. goals as well. We only had two no, shots on goal. We didn't score. We didn't score. Reading had four shots yeah, on goal. Double. Nonsense. So I wasn't there, but on our group, I'm going to quote you guys. Danny, you said it was an encouraging first half. Total collapse the second. Matt, you said you were enjoying the first 13 minutes more than the last eight months. 13 the, minutes, yeah. Yeah. Passing <laughs> transition. The press were miles better. Falling down around VLP, Pritchard, Grant. High mm. energy, good tempo. Shalabar were good. Over to you then, guys. Matt, what went wrong then from this point? Um, I imagine we'd scored. That went wrong. Yeah, it's <laughs> familiar feelings, isn't it? It's, you've got to score when you're on top, and we haven't done that for two years. So I think a lot of people accused Hudson of going full full Wagner ball, didn't they? But there were a couple of subtle differences in the way that he set up as opposed to David Wagner did. One of the things that he did, Reading played this 3-5-2 system and the two full, our two fullbacks didn't go bombing on Harry Carey, you know, like Flo Hadajanai has been going way on and leaving the back four a little bit exposed, or back three left a little bit exposed. So that was all a little bit restricted. Um, what I thought the main difference was without Aaron Moy, which is um, obviously quite an upsetting topic, if you like, but <laughs> Chalaba played alongside Hogg in that double pivot. And what was interesting was Pritchard then becomes the more creative player. So what they had, um, which is different to how Wagner did it, he he had his number 10 running on and getting onto the edge of the box and causing a few issues from there. But Pritchard was generally dropping off and then Chalaba was bombing on past Pritchard, which was quite interesting. So that gave us more ammunition inside the box. So Chalaba, you know, six foot plus in there, right better than Alex Pritchard. And Alex Pritchard will then sw- switch and go deep. But I think it, it's a game for familiar failings. And what when I look at the stats on who scored, Dot com. Um, the most alarming and standout stat is we put 22 crosses into the box in the whole game and only one of them, one of them 
reached a town player, and that's just so symptomatic of the last two years. And it's four point that's like a four point five percent success rate of crosses. And we've not just got one man in the box there, we've actually put others in. And the main culprit really for crossing really was Rajiv Van La Paris. He's done really well in the middle third, but once he's in the final third, he's just he's like a kid in a playground. He takes too many touches and then, you know, when you just need an early ball into the box and he's putting his foot over it, rolling, fainting. Sometimes you just got to put that ball in the box and Cal and Grant, who's obviously an instinctive striker, needs that early sort of ball what he can feed off, but it just allowed Reading to get too many men into the box and it was easy to clear, you know, against it was something like seven versus three or four. So it was Michael Morrison at the back was their man of the match, I think. So it was too easy for him in the end. Neil, Tommy Alfick dropped, obviously, to make way for a bit of a kind of positional sense, but a guy with 400 appearances dropped for someone who was a novice. What what did you feel about that? What kind of a message does that send out, really? I thought it was the right thing to do, because we've been playing square pegs round holes with Congolo at left-back. He's clearly not a left-back, he's a centre-half. So to move him back over to centre-half to get a proper left-back, albeit a young one, in there, I think it was exactly the right thing to do. And... Jaden Brown's performance backed it up. I thought he had a really, yeah, I thought he had a really, really good debut, especially considering the pressure that they're under as a, a team and as a club at the moment, with obviously a lot of negativity about it. To step up as a as a kid into that sort of really setting, I thought it were very, very good. Yeah, worth worth his place against good. that. I thought what was good, Neil, is by putting Jaden Brown in. I know Reading only played two wing backs, and it was an easier day if you like because the, there was no doubling up. But I thought what was really good is Congolo. At centre-back with Shinder allowed the centre-backs because Elphick wasn't there to push 10 yards further forward and then it, it closed the gaps between midfield and you know defence midfield and midfield and attack and I thought first half we actually I thought there's a lot of a lot of good things you know in that first half there was a lot of good patterns of play and it like I say same you, old have failings. Score, you have to score same but, old failings but it was, Van Le Parra tries 49 step overs instead of settling for his one and getting crossing we don't make anywhere near enough chances and that's what's cost us at the end of the day. 11 crosses by Van La Parra and one of them was accurate, which is Groundhog Day. Danny, yeah, I'm doing a bit of research, believe it or not. Matt, take mm. note. Read in there. Uh, <laughs> Read his fan site. What well, they were saying, they absorbed a vast amount of pressure. Town boss the first 70 minutes but didn't cause any issues really. They had a bit of steel which they've not seen for a bit before. Then we tired and then they could feel the unrest building from the stands and they cashed in. Is much to add to that? Yeah, I think Mark Hudson said they're tired. But that first half, like I said to you, was it was good. Well, I say it was good. It was comparatively good to what we've seen already. So you'd, you'd still come away and say we've not had a shot on target. And they nearly scored right on the break, did Reading. They had a decent chance that was on target. And uh, Grabara's made a, a comfortable save. But yeah, I think Mark, Mark Hudson alluded to it. We ran out of steam. But you, you can't be doing that 70 minutes when you're this early in the season. The tempo was a lot faster, wasn't it? Than what it we was, used yeah, they, to. They, were, they were pressing that first half because Reading in that yeah. first half, I thought they, they looked poor, but that was on account of us making them look poor because we didn't give them any space. We were closing them down. We were dominating possession. But at the same time, I'm wondering that whether they're just thinking we're not, we're not offering that much of a threat and they can deal with it. I picked out some quotes from both managers uh, afterwards. Just Hudson, first half hours, where, what we're going to be about. Nowhere near... For the full game, it was just 65, 70 minutes. Training has to be specific. And with the intensity of a game, we ran out of steam 100%. We got done because we blew up at 70 minutes. Can't defend that. Jose Manuel Gomez, the Reading manager, said, we're very strong defensively. We didn't let spaces open when Town had more possession. The first half, we weren't strong offensively. We controlled the game for longer periods, second half, and found a way to the goal to create opportunities. Neil, can you argue with any of that? I think the one that sticks out for me is the... 
train has to be specific with the intensity of a game. Let me get this right. This is a guy who was part of the previous coaching setup under Jan Siever. That, that worries me, that. Part of coaching setup under the last two, last two managers, if we've been going far, about that far. It's, uh, it's a worry. It's a worry that people are talking about fitness levels, like Danny says, we're, we're six games in that season. And to be worrying about players running out of steam after 70 minutes is, it's beyond sad. That shouldn't be done. It's not professional. We're a professional football club that's just come out at Premier League. And it's this is really sort of amateurish to be at that level now. It's bad when opposition fans have seen that as well, either. That's, yeah, it was visible. This is, this it, is it was very time. visible. Like, yeah. It would like somebody were playing a game and the press pause on town. Or put ready up a couple of gears. That's how. That's how obvious. Was it a was. hot day? Is that any excuse? Or absolutely no, I, I, I yeah. think I've, I've noticed people have said this since the start of the season about fitness, and I've never thought it was an issue. I thought it was more of a mental thing. I was going to yeah, yeah. first goal goes in mentally. Yeah, so dropped. I just, I just think that the way Jan Ziva wanted us to play football, which was blocking the passing lanes, if you like, rather than pressing, probably needs a different kind of fitness to what Mark Hudson wants. You know, where you're pressing in numbers and hunting impacts, and I just think that we're probably not fit enough to play the way Mark Hudson wants us, whereas we probably were fit enough to a degree to the way that Jan Zivert wanted to play, which was a bit of more of a, a tepid, slower... So that wasn't the intense attacking football that Jan Zivert told us it was going to be then, wasn't it? No, I never saw that. Well, there was one point when uh, Town were 1-0 down and uh, Flo had his and I got, got done by their left winger, put him on his backside and, and Flo just stayed on his haunches. He watched as from on his haunches as their bloke put a cross in. We dealt with it. Gribara collected it. Hadaj and I gets up and he's trudging off with his head down and keeper's looking to throw it out to him and he's not even looking. He don't want to be here. He's blatantly obvious he does not want to be here. I've seen people saying he's been great this season. I'm, I'm yeah. absolutely flabbergasted. God about knows that. where they're saying that from. I thought, I thought against Reading that was probably his best performance this season by a stretch, but that was because he didn't he held more. He didn't run on as much as what he has done. And he hasn't been caught out. No, no, he'd done all right with that. But I just but, think that's unforgivable. But no, I understand where you're coming from. So. Definitely, yeah. I think there's a co- there's a confidence issue as well. And you, you don't look at Hadijan as a leader, really, do you? Because no. you, you won't really, you won't say he's a leader on the pitch. I mean, one thing, you get a bit sad, don't you, when you're not there, if you're like me, and we're looking at some early stats. We, we're like 75, 25% position. But it, would it, would it just one of those games, guys, yeah. A lot of sideways back and exactly slow that. build up or, or exactly that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was slow. It's just they kind of ro- rotate to one side and look for an angle and then come back the other way and try and work in the other way. We weren't just, we weren't threatening at it, all. No, it's just red impact the middle of the park and we just unless and, unless Chalaber took the, took it on himself to charge through with the ball, we just, we couldn't go through the middle. And part of that was because Pritchard couldn't find the space and, and Carl and Grant's first touch back to goal was yeah. was really poor yet again and. He's, did you sorry? Yeah. Did you see Reading getting a goal, Danny? But it one of those where you just thought, no. or did not really? They never really carrying a threat, or was it just was it just that we tired, or did they step it up a gear, make some changes? They'd gone really close just before, and they hit the bar, and Gribar had made a great save from a follow up. But I could see it being nil nil. I couldn't see us scoring the way it was going to be honest, because we just we'd had that one shot from Carl and Grant where he'd sort of raced through. But why don't you pass that to Dear Carby there? That's yeah, but he does that, and then you're saying, well, he's the bloke who's got all the goals, so... To be fair, the one that did... The, did it's the right thing it's the right pass to make, though. It, so. It's the right pass to make, though. And and the one yeah, where Diakabi made a hash, that's because it's a poor ball by Grant across the box. Mm. Yeah, but if you if you bear in mind, he's not had a chance all game, Grant, and there he can see the, the, the goal. I, I'd Side be, before self. 
Well, I'd be wanting him to score there, to be honest. So, I want. I'd, I'd want anyone to score, to be honest. Trevor <laughs> Shellabar. It's best, more likely than Dia Carby, let's be fair. Shellabar, best player. Not with player, two men on his back, mate. Best player Wednesday night at Cardiff. Lot I've read, he was the best player again on Saturday within the town shirt, correct? Yeah. I'd say so. I've not seen much of him, but what I was surprised by, because uh, I'd seen that, that Fulham game coming on as a sub, but what I was surprised by against Reading was how much of a physical presence he had. He was sort of knocking some of their players off the ball. Um, he really bossed it at times in that midfield for us. That was good. How was the crowd, Neil? Were they supportive behind? I seen to, you said 21,000. Was that, do you think it was that or not really? Probably, probably not. But yeah. it's um, what were people's feelings like coming in? Could you just feel that bit of gloom that you could feel against? I, I, not so much gloom. I just think everyone will just sort of resign to the fact that we're probably going to get beat, and it's not going to be very exciting. And even against, Reading? but yeah. But to be fair, the, I thought the crowd were very, very good, especially for staff. Um, quietened off start a second half, and then it was literally silent from minute Reading scored. Last twenty really minutes were like watching a testimonial. They turned a bit, and someone threw something at Hudson, didn't he? But yeah, Same someone though. threw. I think it was season card booklet or something. Yeah. And I think someone were having to go at Phil at one point across the thing. But it's only two people. There doesn't seem to be any sign of that Alex Pritchard becoming that playmaker that we want. It's it's really worrying because we've obviously lost Moy, and this is the man for me who's stepping up. But there's no signs of it, is there? Well, this that's the worry for me. You've got. Everyone's saying we need to spend this, we need to spend that, we need to spend other. Alex Pritchard's done it in this league before. It cost us 10 million quid. I think we're all within his rights to expect a lot more out of him than we're getting, both creative and scoring goals, because at the moment it looks like doing neither for me. I think he cost a little bit more than that, didn't he? But yeah, he, he had a chance, didn't he? Sort of whatever. first half when he when he yeah, went he through, he I had a chance say, where he needed to. Takes it first time, yeah, he, he needed just, to volley it, didn't he? he? Had one or two goes yeah. at volley, and he just delayed. And he, again, it's a confidence thing, isn't it? If he, I think a couple of years ago, Neil, you're right. I think if he's at Norwich or Brentford, he probably volleys that in the corner, and we're we're going at half time, absolutely delighted. But there's a, there's a big confidence. I issue. think I, yeah, against Fulham, we had that again with Lewis O'Brien and Carl and Grant mm. both taking touches where yeah. if they're full of confidence, they just hit it. And yeah. I think you're right there. Do you notice much difference with the setup, the display with Mark Hudson compared to Siva, or was it pretty much same old feelings, just one or two different players, or were they much higher te- a higher tempo under Hudson? He'd, he'd gone back to a higher tempo, uh, which um, you know four two three one. I think it's more round pegs, round holes, Neil, in it. And sort of Mark Hudson, there's more sense with what he's doing. Yeah. I think the players fit the system more, apart from apart from maybe Grant, who I think who needs more. They need to work out how to get more support and. They need that player that because everything's gone wide because we can't go central because Pritchard can't find the space and Grant can't. It's not his game, so we need to try and find a way of getting somebody, even Chalobah, higher so they can hold the ball in that final third and give us. Because I think the stats for how much ball we had in the final third were really low. We had a lot in the middle, but the final third was really low. And I think we just need to find a player somewhere. Whether it's, that's, like it's like there's a wall up. It's like they've got two thirds at pitch to play in, and he gets that last third, and it's like, oh no, can't go in there. Stop, go back, they need try a, and recycle. Uh, just look devoid of any kind of creativity. They need a Genghis Khan, don't they, to come and knock it down? Yeah. <laughs> Four wins in the last 56 games. It's horrendous. It's absolutely unbelievable. And <clears throat> Yeah, we'll come on to stuff later on about, you know, a lot of things being said to people and what have you. But I defy any set of fans. Four wins in 56 games. We'd mentioned there, no, no winning 500 days since a Saturday. It's just, it's incredible. That's why you can understand why people are getting touching up tight now, but... If we're being brutally honest, and you've probably got this in your agenda at some point, I'm going to knack it up like you would do every week. Revenge. It's 
this this stems back that that stat speaks for itself. Four wins in fifty six. We've played six this season. You know, there's previous fifty games that have been dire. You know, so it's not just started now. So the stick that they're giving out now, I, t- I understand why people are losing it and getting angry and whatever. But this started a long time ago. That we could all see this coming last season was a shambles from start to finish. I don't think anybody can argue with that. It's a fact. It was a shambles from start to finish. From the minute the window opened to the minute it shut to the minute season started, it was awful. And we're now suffering the consequences of that. The joint lowest shots on target, you'll be shocked to know. Anyone have a guess the other team in the division? Oh, I saw this. It's... Go on, Matt, you love your stats. Is it Reading? Birmingham. 12 shots we've had. So, Danny, six games, no clean sheets, and that's including Lincoln City debacle. That worries me a little bit, more than probably the scoring, because, you know, at least we get a point if we uh, can keep a clean sheet, something that seems to be beyond us, despite the best efforts of our new loan keeper. Yeah, um, you'd look at that defence, and you're looking at Schindler and Congolo and saying that they're two, they've got to be two of the best central defenders in, in the championship, because we're highly rating them in the Premier League. Mm. Um but I don't know. One of the things you don't hear that much is communication from them in the same way. But that was supposed to be Elphick's responsibility, the, the organisation and yeah, so they on. Quiet, they? They, they do seem that way. But it, it is a, you're right, it is a worry because we just don't look like keeping a clear. Every time a team comes forward against us, you, you can just see that there's a danger signs are there. Whereas the complete opposite, when we go forward, we just end up in that final third looking lost for ideas. There's not that same panic. We just don't cause that same panic that our defence has. But there's the quality there to work with to keep clean sheets, like I said. So some of that's got to come down to the uh, the management. So the ironic thing, cause is we actually look better for 70 minutes because Reading had that one at, for 60 maybe, but until Reading hit the bar, and that's when it kind of changed, isn't it, from that from that moment. But until then, they, they'd offered absolutely nothing, Reading, absolutely nothing. And when on on when you watch the goal, you can see Hadjani and Chalabas really struggling on the goal, and you can literally see it there physically that they are gassed. You know, Chalaba can't track his man, can't go with Ajaria. And it, it you can then, it, it's visible, you know, that you can see it, that there's something not right in terms of fitness there. And, and once your fitness goes, your head goes, and it all, it all comes tumbling down, doesn't it? So we're not fit, we can't score, and we can't <laughs> keep a clean sheet. So apart from that, anything else you want to add for the Reading game before we move on, guys? There is a bit of arguing no. between players as well, to be honest. There's a bit of sort of gesturing from, from some of them. I mean, you get that even when you're being successful and you, and you want it. Like, but so like I said, the communication. Years, what, is this after <laughs> the goal or a misplaced pass, Danny? Just, just misplaced passes and so. I mean, Hogg particularly is, is having a go at people and often it's you just Easy. think, well, is it your pass that's the problem there? But it's not just him, it's, it's all of them. You just, you don't get that sense. And it's, you wouldn't do, would you? Like you said, with that record that we've got, yeah. it's only natural, isn't it? Togetherness is a little bit out, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not a little bit, but seemingly on the pitch, there's a little bit of conflict. So, another defeat. But Leeds are it straight to Moy again, who shoots! What a goal, Aaron Moy! An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia! So, Neil, question I want to ask you, the Aaron Moy departure, obviously right on the buzzer of the window, in your opinion, has this hurt the club even more than you thought? It's, it's so frustrating to kind of see him on the bench for Brighton as well. I think came on for five minutes, West Ham didn't play in the last game. But obviously that's not our problem. But from knowing that it was going to where we are now, did, have you been surprised that we've, we've, 
even worse without him than it than it seems. And I don't know answering it because you just you can't say that we're going to be better with him. You know we would because of his undoubted quality. But I honestly think how we set up in the first sort of four or five games under Seaver, I, I genuinely don't think Aaron Meyer would have made that much difference in those performances. Mm. I think it was just that bad and that tepid. I don't think in Aaron Moy because Aaron Moy wasn't exactly known for the speed of breaking and the speed of his attacks. It was more his his clever thinking. But when when you're playing as with sort of devoid of confidence and the style we were, I honestly don't think we've missed him. Danny, agree? Yeah, I'd agree. I don't, I don't think. I mean, I only watched that first game against Derby um, in a bar abroad. So, but he, he was playing in that, and I just don't think we've got the movement to suit him at the moment because he, he relies on people finding pockets of space and picking them out with passes, and we just don't seem to to look for space to give players options. Matt. Do you agree? And a little bit of extra bit for you. Who can kind of take his place? Bakuna, in and out. Pitchard, it's not really cut the mustard. Who, who can really pull these strings for us? Uh, fully. Um, I think Neil and Danny are right. Uh, I don't think he'd have made any difference under Jan. Uh, I think he would have made a difference on Saturday uh, against Reading when they were a little bit tougher through the middle. I think Moy's intelligence in finding angles is, is also an underrated uh, asset that he's got in, in terms of his reverse balls. Aaron Moy's reverse pass is insanely good. Um, but in terms of who, who fits in, the, the problem you've got is Moy would play alongside Hogg or Chalaber and those two are playing together. So you can't, you could drop Hogg, but I, I wouldn't because you, if you're going to, you know, if you go 1-0 down or 1-up and you're clinging on, you need your leader there. You were abysmal at Cardiff. Were you any better Saturday? Yeah, but not amazing. Um, Chalaba's really good I'm, I'm really yeah. pleased with him he's a player I've, I've liked for a while but he's not creative like Aaron Moy he can, he can spray a pass but not instinctively roll mm-hmm. you know not instinctively find someone quickly Pritchard's got to do more for me I liked how they set up you know Pritchard dropping off and Chalaba going on maybe it just needs work maybe we just need to be patient on that but the, the only other one Bakun has had an absolute stinker this season so far he's talented but unreliable from minute to minute and I think that's the problem but Lewis O'Brien's a good little footballer as well you can maybe throw in at some point but again he's a young player but if they're good enough throw him in I think we covered Bakuna last week Matt so Danny we've not heard your views on it but to me he's been the biggest disappointment of the season but part of me just wonders and I think we've touched on it before you know me you and uh, uh, Neil Matt but Maybe he just stood out in a bad team last year to give a bit of effort. We were like warming to that, a few crunching tackles and he's been found out really. Or is he just young or is he not our type of player? It, it really worries me, yeah. Bakuna's development at Huddersfield Town. I, I thought it was going to be great going by what we saw in the last season. I mean, he made mistakes, but he wasn't afraid of making those mistakes. I mean, he didn't make mistakes on quite the level of crossing the ball for Fulham to score. <laughs> last I mean, he did that stoke on goal, but... He, he just got on with things last season in a in a team that was struggling. You thought this guy's got some mental strength here to keep going, yeah. and he did keep going. And he he, he never hid from uh, from anything. But now, I mean, he's not hid again. But some of his decision making and passing has just been awful. He's not. He's it's not, like his head's not in it. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's sort of a sort of like petulant, switched yeah, off. You know, it's yeah, like, it's like I, I don't really want to. It's, yeah. it's almost we we said it didn't we Neil and and Cosy I think a few weeks ago. It's almost like. He was playing not intentionally, but his performances would get Jan Zivert sacked. And he looks like he looks a massive sulker. Yeah. He looks like he's a petulant kid who's decided he's fed up at the minute and he, and he can't be asked. 
that's how it comes across. I might, that might be completely wrong, but the, the that's only, what it looks like. The only thing you could say to sort of counterbalance that would be is 21 years old. Every young player goes through massive, massive peaks and troughs, big spikes up, big spikes down. You know, hopefully, if we, the, the hope is you stay patient and he comes out of it and he plays like he did last season. I think, I think one of the problems with it is that because we were so bad last season, towards end of the season, there were only Bakuna and Grant looked out like. So going into this season, all the pressure was on Bakuna and Grant. And at the end of the day, they're both, what, 21, 22 with that? Yeah. So it's a lot of... It's a lot of pressure on two. It doesn't matter about his age, really, but it's the the both two young players who have not played a lot of first team football, especially at this like this level. Both developing twenty one year olds, so they're not finished you know, it's, by any chance. Th- there's a lot of pressure on them, and I, I'm I just don't think he's handled that very well either. Did anyone see Steen, Steve Mooney? <laughs> Were he there Saturday? Seen rumours, but it wasn't. Seen rumours. What's that going was, on there? Uh, what is going on there? Up. I, I I would We're have still short without him though, aren't we? I mean, what isn't even? I like I like Fraser Campbell, but he's you'd say he's similar to Grant in a lot of ways. He's more he's like a more experienced Grant, but Munier is an extra option that you throw on. You know, when you when you two, when you one nil down, you throw him on and give a diagonal up to him. And he's got to be on his way, hasn't he? To not be even on the bench last couple of yeah. games. I think that's there's a, three or four days left at European window. Into, so I don't so know what's going on. Got, it, yeah. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but I think. If he's asked for a move or something, then it may make sense. But if he's not asked for a move and he's okay, then it doesn't make any sense what's going on there. Yeah. How did uh, Campbell do, Danny, for what we saw of him? He, he didn't. He didn't really have much chance. Really, you can't really judge him on that game. I don't think. I mean, he came on. He was sort of looking for ball, um, but he came on the right as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah, sort of getting moved. And I mean, they'd eventually thrown all subs on by the end, so I wouldn't really want to judge him on on that. But I agree yeah. with what Matt said there because again, I, I was not around when he signed. I'd seen rumours that he had signed on this on this free transfer and I thought, well, it sort of makes sense, but he is like for like with a, with, with Carl and Grant. So I don't know what he really... I mean, it's a, I don't disagree with the signing, but like, if we, if we don't want to end up with two sort of like we did Plan last season twice, with Mo- yeah, Mounier and uh, De Poitre all it's, over I again. I think he's a good, experienced model professional that Carl and Grant would learn a lot from. I think in, that, in terms of that, it's quite good, but without... Amuniate for the contrast between them. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense to go with those two. I know they've got Kwana and what have you and Kachungra, but they're not. I never say they were proper out and out forwards like Munier's. And he just gives you something different when, like Neil said, you know, you do plan A twice and you, you know you try to pass the ball around, but if you can't go through them, go over them, mm. you know, and hit Munier's head. It's been so bizarre. Obviously, it, you know, in the off season he was you know international duty. Then never really, obviously, didn't think in any of the pre-season games and. Yeah, came on for Lincoln. Should have if that's going to be his parting gift, it'll be really sad, Neil. Because that's probably how we'll remember him missing. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Crystal Palace. It's classic town, isn't it? I mean, the way person on the scene that Crystal Palace. So game, exciting. And, yeah, it? and, and to, if he departs, never playing again with that header over the bar against Lincoln in front of an empty. That probably awesome. just about sum up his last year in at town, wouldn't yeah. it? Really. Mm. Yeah. Worthington, still Worthington. Still trying to tear up for Makaliski. Back at a Rob Edwards! What a goal for Rob Edwards! Huddersfield Town through a level on the night. They could be heading to Cardiff. Eight minutes to go. It's Huddersfield Town 2, Lincoln City 2. Right, Neil, sorry to keep this miserable thing going, but flashed up on my Facebook memories yesterday. There was a, a post by me showing Adam Moyes scoring against Newcastle, me very drunk, with a post <laughs> Never. saying, you know your football club's heading in the right direction when you're disappointed that you 
behind Man United in second spot in the Premier League. Two years on, obviously second in the Premier, second bottom now. <laughs> if you knew, I suppose you'd be taking over Phil's job. But how can it go wrong? So wrong, so fast. Is relegation a genuine concern for you, mate? Or is it too early? I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I think I can't answer that until I've seen new manager have at least a month to see if anything changes quickly. But as it stands at the minute, if, if you leave Hudson in charge, I don't want to knock Mark Hudson. I really, really like him. But I, this this job at the moment needs somebody who's, in my opinion, been there, seen it, done it a bit. It needs somebody with a lot more first-team experience than Hudson. So... Nothing like I say, nothing against Mark Hudson. I think if Hudson got it instead, that's inviting on a relegation battle. Might be completely wrong. No, we're not supposed to be doing manager stuff, but I think if we bottomed out, then I think Mark Hudson to build it back up would be okay. Yeah, I, think, but yeah, I don't different. think bottomed out yet, and that's no, the worry, isn't no, it? No, so I'd, I'd, yeah. are we in a relegation battle? Possibly. If you look at the table now and look at the start, you'd have to say yes, but let's get a new manager in and let's give them a month at least, to, I'm not saying judge them in a month, but I think inside a month you can see if anything big is going to change on pitch. And then obviously January is massive because we've got last three windows horribly wrong. After five games last year, I think Bolton uh, were 13 points. I think they were second place. Ipswich, to be fair, they were in to counter it. They were in the bottom uh, you know, three and stayed there pretty much all the season as well. Danny, relegation. I mean, I'll quote you on the group. Club smells of relegation. You were saying uh, maybe a ten to five, a bit of an emotional uh, post, but do you still stand by that in a cold light of day? I do, but then I'd said this at the end of last season. I said you could, the mentality that we've got. How do you shift out of that? And I don't blame that particular receiver, but he came in. He wasn't able to change it, and I wouldn't have expected him to be able to change it in that short period of time. But once that's in the mindset of the players, I just don't know how you change it without making wholesale changes to the to the playing staff, and we've not done that. So I think that's what was disappointing about the summer is that the sort of talk of players coming in who had that winning mentality and sort of elfic and so on. But most of the tra- most of the signings aren't even starting. So, and I get that we've bought players for well, I don't get why we buy players for backup. But if we've bought players for the future, then are we going to ruin them? I, I see relegation as serious, yeah. Um, but that what I meant by that's that that performance on Saturday is that we I was saying oh we played all right here. The truth is, like I say, we've not had a shot on target, so it was all comparative. And then we go and lose again. And you can, once that goal goes in, you, you can tell we're going to lose it because nobody's got anything about them to, to rescue it. So, Matt, have we blown the Premier League? And uh, in an interesting tweet today saying, you know, look, when Schindler stepped up to take that, I'd have given me two seasons in the Premier League and be where we are now as a, as a club. But have we chucked it, mate? Have we thrown it away? Or is is it just reality? Stoker down there with us, you read out Nathan Jones's comments last week, they don't seem to be any different than us. Why has it gone wrong so fast for you? Um, I think it's lack of planning, to be honest. And I think I think the thing that's hurt us most is is the constant changeover in, in terms of director of football. That's hurt us most. You, you transfers, you do your planning six to 12 months in advance. And we're constantly firefighting with different people in different windows. Uh, I, I would say that the David Moss thing is a shame because on paper that looked like a really good move. And he's, I think he's the one who brought in players like Depoitre and Zanko who re- worked really well for us in the first season. Him moving and then there's a massive gap 
Um, we missed, we didn't have a director of football in the January window, um, that first one. So we ended up, I think we ended up relying on either David Wagner's black book of contacts at one point, which had been fully exhausted. And then, and then players that we'd played against, almost like Peter Jackson, you know, when he signed Junior Mendes, we said we, we played against Scott Malone, he was all right, let's sign him. Tom Ince, he was all right, Alex Pritchard. And it just, it just feels that, the, to be honest, the, the club was dragged up to the Premier League, if you like, by one man, in my opinion, which is David Wagner. And, I don't think it's not a criticism, but the club wasn't ready for Premier League football. The infrastructure wasn't ready for Premier League football. The different departments probably weren't ready. Some might have been, but I, I just think when we got up, it was a case of we were probably a little bit unprepared. And I don't think the director of football situation helped us. And I think that affected the planning of recruitment. And essentially, it's the players which have got us into this situation. Mm. You know, Dean Oyle's done us, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is in the Premier League. and you know, we might have had the lowest wage bill, but you know, we've we've essentially relied on David Wagner to keep producing miracle after miracle, and I think you can't realistically mm. use that every every year. And it's, it's it's essentially, I think, just a couple of bad appointments which you can't foresee at the start uh, not working. And and I think once the manager leaves, and I think if you let the manager dictate the future and, and the shape of the football club. The problem that you've then got is when the manager leaves, everything tumbles down. And I think we put probably put too much stock and let David Wagner, obviously with good reason, but we think we let David Wagner shape the football club as opposed to it being shaped from the top and been shaped by a strong director of football. And as much as Stuart Webber got a few things wrong in terms of here, you know, I was at first hand, I saw a few things he got wrong. I think Stuart Webber's vision was very important to the football club and what he saw at the football mm. club. And Neil, you posted it on Twitter as well. Yeah, I'm going to come on to that, obviously. The, and uh, I think not view. so much him, but not effectively replacing mm. Stuart Webber with somebody quite like-minded has, has really, you know, it's, it's almost like yeah. the lack of a football man. You know, we've got a great money man. We had a great money man at the club. We had a CEO, but I don't think we had a great football leader We're behind David it. Wagner. Neil, you jump in That's there. a more succinct yeah. version of what I said. It was kind of rubbing salt <laughs> in the wounds, that video that came out pre-match Norwich, Chelsea, yeah. with Stuart Webber on the pitch. You watched the videos, many town fans will have listening. What what did you make of what he said and kind of how can you link it into, obviously, where it's collapsed with us? Was what, he the what, man for what, you more than what, Wagner? What could have been? It was clear from everything that happened from the minute he walked in. I mean, Matt obviously had a lot of first-hand experience of seeing his stuff directing the academy. But mm. from the minute he walked in, you could see changes were being made, the stuff that he'd put in place. He's a guy who knows what he wants and he knows what yeah, to do. And he he's, goes, he's yeah, and he's, he's ruthless, yeah. which is why yeah, he left yeah. us to go to Norwich. Yeah. And you could see that the, the bloke cleared a plan. And he, he got us as much as probably Wagner in my eyes that to get us to that level with lots of knowledge, lots of background knowledge, knowledge of the players that were coming in and we've just simply not replaced him. It's, it's that simple. We've had David Moss came and went overnight. Rebbe came and went overnight. Rebbe was almost like brought in, it felt like he was brought in to be subservient but to we, Wagner, but we, li- but we literally had two years at the top table with nobody behind the football manager. And Dean Oyle alluded to this when he were in other week, that... Wagner basically crumbled and left because he felt responsible for the whole football club when, when Dean were ill. Yeah, so because obviously Dean's off and Wagner felt the weight of the whole football club on his shoulders on his own. Whereas if you have a Stuart Weber in there, 
my guess is somebody like Stuart Webber would have probably thrived in that scenario mm. of sort of, it's mine, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I, 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 I it kind of strikes me as that, and I'll be honest with you, I genuinely don't think of it Norwich that long. I think somebody bigger and better will come for I it. think, just going on that, Neil, I think there's a, a very... Uh, there's a moment in which our fortunes changed a little bit in the Premier League or our identity changed, which everybody knows was the Spurs game at home where we got hammered. So we threw the baby out with the bathwater and, dis- and the next home big against a big side, Man United, we went defensive. That win against Man United was probably one of the worst things we could have done because it then kind of sent the message out that being defensive and negative was okay. And therefore we've done it for the next 18 months and that's contributed to get us where we are. But I think Stuart Webber, being a football person, would have said, look, this is what we are. Don't forget who and what we are. And I think he'd have been a great sounding board for David He Webber. said that in that interview. He yeah, said, he did, he said did, yeah. you know, people were going mad because they'd gone out on this style away at Liverpool and let four in. He said, but when you look deeper, he said those four goals were literally individual mistakes. It was nothing to do with the style they were playing. Mm. It was just individual mistakes and they didn't take their chances on the night. So the outcome could have been very different. And he's very much got that mindset of this is how we play and we don't change for other people, we stick to what we're good at. And that's where Town didn't stick to what they were good at. We changed. Cosy, I'm really keen to hear what David David Webb has to say. Uh, I'm really interested to sort of get his measure, if you like, and see what he's about. And I really hope the club do a, an interview. I know he's obviously busy at the minute, but I, I really hope they, they do an interview with him and we can get to see what he's about, whether it's a Q&A or whether it's just a, um, a, a video. Podcast. Yeah, a podcast if he wants, or whether it's just a video with, with them on, you know, with, with the club, yeah, with I think- the Adam Thomas. I just want to... I think uh, I'd I, feel better if he came across like a Stuart Webber or a Ross Wilson. I don't know what you think, Danny, but kind of moving it on a little bit, but obviously Phil's his own man, you know, Webb's his own man, but and maybe we were sport with Dean because every time there's a crisis, why should people kind of front up and come on, you know, things, but it's very, it seems to be very quiet at the moment and I don't think that's kind of, you know, move, I know actions speak louder than words, but a lot of the fan base is like frustrated. Like you said, if, Whoever come on with on a video on HTTV and and kind of this is what about this is what we're thinking doesn't seem to be there must obviously be a plan but apart from Phil standing on the stage at the cinema and a bit of a breakfast club chat we'll come on to him in a minute it, it said this to you last quiet. week because he didn't know I don't understand where the football right. club's going I don't get the identity I, I, I understand all that but at the same time at the minute if he came out and said anything he just get shouted down it's anyway because yeah, yeah, oh, sorry just taking that, it back that, to that's the, of football all oh, right what, what was it's just quite every time you look on a website, it's just about some pictures or you know, what there's not. It just seems to be a dead. I think. I think at the, moment, at the moment, it's an impossible job to, to go and do a Q and A or anything or, or say anything until we've got that new man in place, and that's when they can sort of say, "Look, this is what we're doing now. This is." I don't know that it'll come out with an identity or anything, but the, there's no point. Like you've just we've just said, Phil Phil Hodgkins can't come out and say anything now because no matter what he says, whether it'll be well intentioned, but people are going to use it. People, people like me will, will say, well, you said this <laughs> and now you've done that. But he won't have said it with the intention of it being wrong. He's, he's, you can't go to a Q&A and, and say everything that needs saying because no. you can't, we, we alluded to it before. People overanalyze what he says and stuff. Yeah, they, and yeah. You, can't, you can't shop people, oh, whose fault's this? And you, you can't say, well, this, you know, it's a, it's a public Q&A. It's just awkward. It's same with aftermatch interviews and so on. I never really listen to those that much because, again, you can't string your players up or anything, even if you want to. Nice. manage, you can't string his players up. And it's same with chairman at the moment. I think they're just going to get the new man in place and then sort of say what the thinking is and what the plan is. But I also don't think we've helped ourselves over some of, with some of the things said about managing fans' expectations because we've almost played it down again. I don't think... I don't, 
I didn't see many fans thinking we're going to bounce straight back up. But yet, coming out of the, the stuff coming out of the club seemed to me to be don't don't get your expectations up, and I just don't think don't we get should your be hopes doing up, that. Yeah, <laughs> we've done similar with, with right, the manager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things he has ruled out is is Chris Hewton coming here, which I get because he's he's turned down the West Bromwich Albion job. But the Jeff minute he, as well, yeah. yeah, the minute the minute your chairman says, "Oh, it's not going to be him," the fans are straight on him. So no, no ambition, this, that, or other. Just don't say it. Just like if somebody asks you direct, just say it. I'm not telling you. Like this is like a professional football club. We'll do the interviewing process yeah. as we see fit. Even then, they go, "Yo, Dean Oil would say this," and you still get yeah, that. Right, yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't think he can ever win if he says anything. We'll if yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll chat about Phil Hodgkins in a minute, but we'll just stop now for a bit light-hearted. Uh, Phone Matt, the book is out. Those were the days, my friend. Now, Darren Bullock. It's the last penalty. And if he scores from this, they are through to the final. And Huddersfield are there. Darren Bullock is the hero. It goes Robbins. Coming from the free kick. Taken short to Brown, and Robbins making a dart across the face of the defenders, a perfect header. Brown gets a flick, Fletcher! Jetson's there, Billy's there, the goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Yeah, so it's a role reversal this week, isn't it, with me and you, mate? So I'll do those with the days. Uh, I'm going to have to look towards Neil being the senior citizen of the group in and amongst you. Yeah, so game week five in 1979-80, so we're looking... Season before I started, I'm not that old. Thank you. I don't know about this. But before I was born, I'm afraid, so... Newport County at home. I've, I don't think I've ever seen us play Newport County. Is this when we won for promotion? Now we're there. No, 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 that was nineteen eighty-three. So this is September nineteen seventy-nine. So this is game week five. The the, so you know, the same game. I started going. Newport County at home, two-one. Fletcher and Robbins, two strikers, in front of only three thousand one hundred thirty-four, put us into third place. So that's start of September and the start of a good run. So I thought. We would we would consult with the Where Are They Now book by by Lee Morris, which is available in Waterstones and Amazon. If anyone wants to get the book, you can either get it there or in the club shop or or drop Lee. Well, we're gonna uh, have to if Neil doesn't well. know much now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll drop Lee Lee a tweet on it's Lee Morris Where does underscore he work underscore. Now? Come on, Matt. Peter Fletcher. Oh, no. So I thought Peter Fletcher would be interesting because there's a few commentary moments we've seen on the fi- you know on the final whistle. If you ever watch final whistle, there's a few Peter Fletcher goals and Robins. You know that. That Malcolm Brown cross and Robbins had come across and head it. Uh, Peter Fletcher is a Mancunian. So he was uh, born in 1953 in Manchester. He's even older than my parents. Uh, his playing career was Man United, Hull City, Stockport and Huddersfield. He arrived from Stockport County in 1978 and was a regular in the side during the 78-79 season. And uh, the season after, he played a big part in the promotion and this promotion team that we're, we're talking about. He chipped in with 17 goals during this season. Sadly, spent the following season out injured with a serious back injury, but returned in 81-82. But sadly, due to that same back injury, was forced to retire. I think it was Steve Kingdom, wasn't it? Replaced him pretty much up front in the uh, in in the coming sort of season. So he ended up working in security in Stockport for almost 30 years before retiring at the age of 60. So he now lives in retirement in Stockport. So Imagine a footballer now working 30 years. Well, 
obviously one in the top two divisions after. Mm, you won't get that, especially yeah. in security as well, which is dangerous. And in Stockport and all, very dangerous. <laughs> so all them planes flying. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five is the other season, so it's twenty five years since I can't, I can't I love claim this to season. Be, this was the I, season. I, sadly, I, I was a kid during this. So I can't claim to be too uh, too young for this one. But third uh, of September, nineteen ninety four. It's a game I remember well as well. Uh, Cosy and Danny, uh, I'll go to you too, since I've picked on Neil enough with the other one. Oxford United at yes. home, 3-3. Three, three. Uh, goals by Great Andy idea. Boo, the Phil Starbuck penalty, and then Darren Bullock, I think, climbed to equalise, didn't he? I think Anton Rogan scored for Anton Oxford. Rogan. Oxford Rogan. fans were in North yeah, End at Kilmer Bank. And it kicked off a bit. They were yeah. smashing Paul, was Paul yeah. Moody for Oxford as well, then. He bossed yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah. yeah. Sponsored, <laughs> okay, really sad that they had it with a unit. It was yeah. a great game, it was... I just remember that was the first kind of big test, really, wasn't it? Because I think they were up yeah, there. Yeah, they were up there yeah, until yeah. towards that the end. That were always cases with Oxford. you remember that season that we were in basement in 2003 for oh, Oxford? Yeah. were up there. Tailed John Byrne, again, they just tailed off. Brett yeah. Angel, wasn't he, up John, front? Yeah, yeah. John Byrne, Sunderland, and I'm sure he were there at that time. Yeah, so they were promotion yeah. rivals, but didn't finish anywhere near each yeah. time. It was odd. I think my memory from that time, I think we were maybe fortunate to get a draw there. I remember they were thinking they were the better side, but yeah. It, I just, it was a... Yeah. It was a very direct game, wasn't it? A lot yeah. of headers going in and... Uh, Weird effort, killing the bank, cut off. Well, I suppose a quarter, wasn't it, at Oxford at the bottom end, by the cinema end, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. It was yeah. I've decided to pick a player, a player that was interesting. I met him twice as a kid and I was a bit of a... I, I, it's the same haircut as him, as you can tell. I probably still have the same haircut as him a little bit. But he had this big floppy side part and didn't he, and the fringe going on like a boy band member. And that is a chap who came from Nottingham Forest called Phil Starbuck, which I'm sure you mm. remember a couple of goals and one of my favourite ever goals was Phil Starbuck in the season before against Carlisle in the Autoglass you know, where he playing as a forward in. in these days or was it kind of in I think this is this, this is the year where Warner Cosy what, what's your favourite away day Matt it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham just old school stadium you're right near the pitch great atmosphere but there's nothing like playing at home same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Cadim and he kind of shifted him yeah, out to the left, it, didn't he? He did arrive here as a striker because he was yeah, scoring. He played with you, didn't he? Yeah. And then he, he moved to the left, didn't he? And then he just cut in from the left because he had a shot, didn't he, with his right foot? He did, yeah. Everything he hit was flying in at first. Yeah. And then I think 93, 94 was he player of the season. And then this season he struggled to get in because Paul Reid came, didn't he? And, yeah. That catches some. Ooh, Phil Starbuck. It took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Come up with ben that, Thornley it? stole that one as well. But yeah, so I've, 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 I've consulted the book again for, for Phil Starbuck. I, and, we um, know what he's doing. He's an, inter- <laughs> he's an interesting one. So, like we mentioned, he signed from Nottingham Forest in 1991 and installed in the first team and chipped in with a number of goals in 91, 92, 92, 93. He later played as a sweeper, apparently, and midfielder during Neil Warnock's time as manager. He captained the side in the 94 Autoglass final, the big Richard Logan header that we'll, <laughs> we'll all remember. 
the bricky from Gainsborough, wasn't he, Richard Logan? Uh, and then after that, after we left Leeds Road, he kind of struggled to get in the side in the new ground and fell out with Neil Warnock and ended up going to um, Sheffield United. Do we not have a stat about him scoring after coming on as a sub? Must be one that was Burnley, wasn't it? It was about yeah, 13 just, yeah. seconds, was it? Corner, didn't we? But what about the time when he uh, he went to take that corner and then fell over? It was probably one of the most... Uh, one of the funniest moments ah. at Leeds Road was that where he fell over the corner flag but didn't manage to touch the ball. But what's Phil Starbuck doing now? So he runs his own building business, Starbuck and Sun Builders, and uh, a charity called New for Old. And since 2012, uh, he's been part of the ministry team at Spring City in Loughborough. And you can see him and his wife on the uh, Spring City Loughborough uh, website for the church as well on there. So uh, it seems a, it seems a good guy. Apparently he's a really good public speaker as well. But he was one of my favourites was Phil Starbuck. So I was quite quite happy to look into what he was doing. Some of those goals he used to score. That goal against Carlisle in the autoglass was... Absolutely outstanding. Thank you very much, Matt. Moy. Oh, where's it going to drop? Heffel is in there! Right, probably onto the main talking point for me. Uh, I put out a poll earlier on about Phil Hodgkinson. Is the criticism of Phil Hodgkinson justified? Kind of called it the blame game. Is it wrong at this stage? The poll had 747 votes. Quite a mixed response. Some of it is, is 45%. Yes, it is, is 27%. And out of order, most of it is 28%. I'll just read out a few tweets before we kind of bring the guys in, really, and that as well. So, uh, Regminator says, my only criticism would be not managing supporters' expectations well enough. Uh, Yorkshire Pundit, it's fine to critique what is happening, especially under the circumstances, but any personal abuse is disgusting. I think he was better affiliated with fans and he could explain what is happening, then I think we would we would be more understanding. Uh, see, Grundy88, can't be completely blameless as the chairman of the football club, but also think people are well OTT with some of the things that have been said. Look at our neighbours last season, it's not how you start. It's TFC opinions. Quite frankly, the criticism and abuse has been received as being completely out of order. We should get behind him 100%. He was Hoyle's choice. We need to give him time. time and trusted judgment give Phil time and allow him to put his stamp on the club he's a fan just like us Alan Allen Lee the only thing I criticise him for the phone call after the Lincoln game very amateur but really I don't think the current situation is his fault a lot of blame should really lie with who was ever in charge whilst Hoyle was ill so Danny Bell some of it yes he's made mistakes with some statements the three Prem loans for example when in football things can change all the time so it ends up looking bad on him Dean did similar but held his hands up about them and learnt from them Phil needs to do the same. Uh, Wakey Terrier, manager and chairman was always going to be in the firing line following on from Wagner and Hoyle. Unfortunately, blame has to be spread between all parties involved over the past 18 months. Uh, Jody Calvert, I'm shocked that only 27% have chosen out of order. This really saddens me. Claire Hill, me too. I don't think he's done anything different to what Dino would have done. I know things haven't happened, which he spoke about in Q&As, but not everything is in his control. I think the abuse is very unfair. Neil, over to you. Is this criticism of Phil Hodgkinson over the top, justified? I think he's got broad shoulders. I think he probably half expected some of it. I think the level that's gone to is a disgrace. I think personal insults, people changing their names to certain things on Twitter and whatever else. I, I just, It's not for me. I just don't like it. I just think there's absolutely no need. He cannot like somebody, he cannot rate somebody. But to go to the level that some people are, it's, it, I just think it's disgusting. And I think people just need to sort of sit back and, 
and take a long, hard look at themselves when they're getting so personal with stuff. Danny, I've no, I've no problem with people criticising. That's what it's about. Football, people at the top in football, be it managers, chairman, owners, whatever, they know at some point they're going to get the wrath of the fans. And I think they're all sort of thick-skinned enough to take that. And I, I've complained about them in the past. It's, it's, what, it's what football fans do. And I'm all for people voicing their opinion, but to me it's just how you do it. Danny, what have you made of uh, Phil Hodgkinson coming in? Obviously, the Odeon uh, Cinema has been held accountable quite a few things on that uh, Q&A, similar style to Dean, really, and that as well. I think the, the message about the, the money's gone from the Premier League, and he was very upfront with it and that as well. I mean, what did you make of that and kind of some of the things that have been said since? The money thing's difficult to comment on because unless you know the ins and outs of it and the deal that's the, with the takeover, that's hard to say. So I'm not going to criticise somebody for not chucking millions at anything. Um, what I would say though, I think I said on here last season that I think what what he had to do as a chairman is either back Jan Siever or sack him before the season started. And I don't, I don't really see that he's done either of those things. But like I say, without knowing about the money, it's difficult to, to, to comment. So I'm not going to, certainly not going to judge him on what's happened so far. That I'll, I'll be judging him on the next appointment. Because uh, you, you sort of look at Dean Hoyle's start of his tenure with, with Stan Turner and, and he took action after a few, uh, a couple of months and got rid of Turner because it wasn't working. So it's sort of similar. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes now with the next man. Um, but you, you can't be doing personal insults to the bloke after he's just taken over. And especially with, with, with reference to the cash. I mean... We don't, we don't know. We don't know, do we? We, we just don't know. <laughs> but you, you can't be like hurling insults at a bloke because he's not thrown millions. Because who knows what our figures are? I don't know that. So Do you think being a Premier League maybe turning some people into spoilt brats, Matt? Or is that a bit harsh? Do you think reality's just gone with a few fans? and Or do you um, think that the ambition maybe is maybe not as it is? I think it's just, the, just the, the, the like you said, the four and 56. I think people are just fed up, aren't they? Um, I, I agree with what Neil said at the end, especially, whereby... I think questioning, I think it's right that supporters constantly question decisions made. You've only got to look at Burry and Bolton today. That's, you know. Yeah. But I think it's right that people question what's going on. But Neil's very right in the the way that he says there's a way to do it and there's there's a a respect that comes with it as well. He's, Dean Hoyle's left. He's stepped forward. He's He's put his reputation and his money where his mouth is. He's got a business to run as well. You know, he's put a lot on the line for this. And he's a Huddersfield fan. There's people trying to make out he's not even a Huddersfield fan, which is, which is laughable. And I think you've even seen him in the net terriers, haven't you, Danny? Or something. He's been in similar sort of teams, hasn't he? But uh, young terriers, maybe. And yeah, I certainly question him as a town. He was young yeah. terriers. Yeah. There's just there's just some bizarre things that people. I I don't mind people sort of saying. I know where them where's the money's gone's a bit direct, but I I I don't mind people asking questions. I think people should. But I think the way that some people are asking questions is is pretty is is just abhorrent to be honest. Quite a few people have mentioned this three Premier League loans. Was that from a Breakfast Club or I mean I've not seen. He these said that at the fixtures release, yeah. didn't he? I think, and then he clarified it more at the Q and A where he said it wasn't so much Moy. He said he wanted to bring in three loans of the quality of Moy, Brown, Palmer, etc. We've got two from what I I've heard via someone else. We tried to get someone else and it didn't go through, and and things happen. And I think. Maybe the the take home from that from him is we're trying to get some in, not don't be too specific in naming stuff. And I think he's probably learned a harsh lesson lesson really early that if if you do give specifics like that, people will hang on it, and uh, if it doesn't happen, they'll come at you. And did say three windows. We've had one. Mm. 
But he said he did say this window, didn't he? But the thing is, we've got two, and to be fair, Grabara and Chalaba look really good to me. So yeah, they do. The, the the quality players. So he's not he's not wrong really in in that sense. Um, they're both good players. We probably could have done with a left back as well, like, which I keep saying. But who's to say that we didn't try and get one? It just it just fell in for whatever reason. Quite a few people are kind of pillaring him as well a little bit for the after the Lincoln game with the phone and what have you. I mean, I think when we did the show with Oggy, I think he was mentioning that this is what he does all the time, but. A lot of people kind of put two and two together that he was kind of putting on a bit of a show, Billy, won't he, and stuff. And that was played out in public and people calling it unprofessional. But I think it's just at the moment, we're just not winning. <laughs> well, we're not winning any games. Just anything goes, to be honest with you. If they just won 4 0, nobody would talk about that. Yeah. The best the best response I saw to that was, and, and someone said, Has anybody ever tried to get reception in when there's, when there's 8,000 people in the stand? Yeah, you, you've also got on the back of that, that story in the Telegraph about um, Siva actually having been sacked the next day. And then sort of getting reinstated on a last chance thing against Fulham. Now, it seems a bit. But where does a story like that come from to appear in the Telegraph? John Percy is pretty good, isn't he? But I, I don't see that. I don't see. I don't know Phil Hodgkinson at all. I never spoke to him. Never had anything to do with him. But the kind of, and I, I'm just judging him on what I've seen so far. But he, he seems pretty decisive to me. And I think if he thought at that point he's going, he'd have gone. I don't. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think some are using his Southport maybe passed against. Him and that as well, uh, got a tweet in here. I thought, you know, I fear that he's lied. I hope he's just gotten giddy and got carried away, but every Southport fans report I read suggests not. However, he isn't responsible for wasters like Flo Embenza, Dear Carby, Pritchard, Bakuna, Hamer, or Yambinia, and they are the biggest problem in that as well. So I think, can't mix response, but I think people are he's saying... He's been here two months, hasn't yeah. he? It's, it's not, it's not, you can't... It's like asking, I don't know, it's, just, it's like asking you to go in and, you know, turn the Titanic around as it's heading for an iceberg almost. You can't just, you can't just flick a switch in these things. It's going to take time and I think it'll get worse before it gets better maybe, but I think people just need to stick together. I know it's hard to do it, isn't it? But I think some people need to just, I think asking questions is fine, but I, I just think they might, I think some need to lay off some of the abuse, especially the abuse which is going his way because that, that's just pointless. It's counterproductive. Thanks for the voting on the poll and your messages as well. And now we'll move on, Neil. Edge of the box, a header clear by Capu, and Watford will chase out. The pass was in there. Here's Zanka to turn it into the pass. Yes! yes! And Clummins yes, scores! Clummins <laughs> has scored one of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. It's a big, big brick in the wall of Huddersfield Town's determination to stay in the Premier League. Give us an update and his man club in uh, the Sill Street Kitchen again. You're in here on this warm night, proudly spun- sponsored by Overseal Town Foundation with your hoodie. Hashtag people helping people. Yeah, um, another good week at the the foundation this week. Sorry, at the, the street kitchen this week. Sure, um, we've we've spent, we've spent um, of all the money we got, we've spent two grand of it already. Had a bit of a shopping spree, bought myself a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, not true we've actually paid the foundation are very kindly out of the money they're giving us um, paid as a full year of storage facilities which has allowed us to get a, a container double the size from the one we were struggling with um, and all the volunteers um, have kindly purchased hoodies and t-shirts for them so they actually look like part of a team on a on a Sunday they were actually going to pay for their own originally but I think with all this money that's coming and the the amount of work and 
time of their own that they give up every week. I think the least we could do is uh, provide them with a, a jumper, to be fair. So that's what we've done. Uh, I've got some banners made that go around all, all the stands on a Sunday morning now with all the sponsors on. So we've got Mallinson's Blinds, Helm Hall, Approved Foods, Usfield Town, clearly, Usfield Town Foundation, um, G4 Graphics, Hunter Graphics, and I've also reserved a space on the end of one of them for Andy's Man Club. So moving on to Andy's Man Club, um, there was no group this week. Bank Holiday Monday were closed, but Uddersfield did actually open its doors to existing members only. Um, we don't do anything advertised because not all the groups can actually open on a Bank Holiday Monday. So we just did it for existing members and still 25 managed to turn up for that as well, which was brilliant. Um, just stepping back a sec, Uddersfield Street Kitchen, three of the guys are cycling from Bridlington to Huddersfield this Friday and the cycling track journey is 98 miles and we've currently raised um, nearly another £1,000 on the back of that as well. So yeah, all going well. Awesome, thanks for that Neil. Now Casey Palmer's on the dribble, 30 yards out, he looked at goal, laid it off, Tommy Smith's cross, goal Huddersfield Town at the far post and it's gone in from Elias Kachunga's header. So, just a little bit of housekeeping. One or two things that's happened in the club. So, happened this afternoon. Abdel Hamid Sbiri has departed Uddersfield Town. I was there to see his last four minutes when he was crunched on the turf at the Vitality Stadium, Bournemouth. A real shame, really. Maybe one of those what could have been, but I suppose no surprise, Neil. What what were uh, were your thoughts when you saw the news? No surprise. We didn't see enough of him taking on defenders, did we? (laughs) <laughs> you know what? and he never gives the ball away yeah. <laughs> but yeah the, the, giving him away. I think one of those where a lot of talent unfulfilled I think most of the time you saw him he were swanning about in a flash card abroad so it's no surprise that he's not part of the football club anymore to be fair no. and Matt good news coming away West Bromwich Albion obviously it's on a su- Sunday lunchtime uh, in September in a few weeks some really good prices, I don't know if you've seen. £20 for adults, and if, if you're a season card at Uddersfield, you can get another one for £10. Kind of the, uh, someone's quipped, yeah, got paying to watch Uddersfield Town, they should be paying us, etc. But I think this, we were all kind of worried early doors about the uh, the pay, but, but that you'd have to get, you know, pay to get in the admission charges. But Cardiff were £19, I think Luton's 25 QPR was 28 bottom tier. I know, I think top tier was higher, but... 33, yeah. Can we say, I know Barnsley and Leeds are to come and Sheffield Wednesday, but is reality kicking in a little bit? I mean, that's brilliant from West Brom, isn't it? I lo- love to see stuff like that. And it might get a few more of us down there. Yeah, I think it's filtering down. I think they've looked at that and gone, I think it's on Sky, isn't it? The, the game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's a good It's a good idea. They, they get the Sky money, don't they, for hosting the game and you know use that offset, that Sky money against trying to get more people in the ground and trying to make it look, look better and... Yeah, good idea. They don't have to do it. They could pocket the money, couldn't they? they? Could trouser it and then just carry on as, as normal. So yeah, well done, Westbrook. Webbing out, Norwich have just got one nil down. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a good uh, a good initiative, and hopefully, hopefully more do follow. But some of the some of the prices of the championship are a disgrace, and some some clubs really need to be held accountable. They do. So onto the big talking part. I mean, we touched on it last week, Matt, but we've got a few more stats. Our manager, who will it be? single one of you should never forget it doesn't count 
how big you are. It doesn't count how experienced you are. It doesn't count how nice you are. If you have passion, desire, you have no limits. No limits. Obviously, Neil, Danny, you weren't kind of here last week. I must admit, I don't know about you, but the lineup of candidates doesn't really inspire me. But where we're at now compared to maybe a two, three weeks ago, would you settle for an Atkins to steady the ship? Do we need a ship steadier rather than a, a visionary coach? Maybe a Hans Wolf whose name just appeared out of nowhere really last week. What what have you meant to the, in the names thrown in on? And who do we need really? Most of them are probably never anywhere near getting the job either. Um, if it were me picking personally, I'm particularly got an issue with Atkins. I think he's had, he's got a, a bloody good record of getting out of this division. Did a decent job at all under very difficult circumstances. I'm um, not saying, yeah, go get him, but I wouldn't be 100% against it. Um, if I were picking personally, I, I would like either the Cowleys from Lincoln. I think they've done a brilliant job. I think you're looking for up and coming. Let's get somebody who's up and coming and doing it over here already and knows, knows this country. Um, and the other one is foreign again. I think that the fellow at Barnes has done a, a brilliant job there too. Nigel Atkins, few stats really, 54 years old, prefers apparently a 4-2-3-1 formation. Scunthorpe for four years, bit of a legend there, 41% uh, win ratio, 189 games. Then Southampton where he was held in high steam, obviously yeah. they beat us to promotion that season. 54% win ratio, they're pretty much of a god there. I remember when he was sacked, you remember there was up, uproar on, yeah. wasn't there? Wasn't it Pardew came in for him and that? Then it started to go a little bit peak Tom for him. He went to Reading, Stinker. 80 games, a 36% uh, win ratio. Then Sheffield United, uh, I know that didn't He's not go. thought of very well. No, he isn't. Or, no. Uh, but then I think Hull kind of, I mean, they were in turmoil probably more off the pitch. And I remember my lad at work, whole seasons to cuddle. The cat's stand the man. But even at the end, I have to admit that he'd done a good job there. 33%, 78 game uh, he'd been there. And to be honest, they flirted with the playoffs for a little bit before they tailed off at the end. But obviously, he's not kind of a manager that Nigel Atkins gets in there. But Danny, what's your thoughts on, you know, kind of him or maybe Gary Rowett, Danny Kelly? Do, what, what should be going for? An old stager or some? It's a big one, isn't it? A disappointment. I'll be honest with you. I've sort of tried to avoid all the uh, the speculation because I don't just put what what's happening now down to the manager. So I mean, we could appoint we could appoint somebody who I think is great, but if we're not supporting him right, then uh, we've got a problem. And like I said, the the recruitment is what worries me because the the only person that can tell what we're are we going to bring in a manager and back him in a, in a window, or we're going to bring in a manager who's got to sort of work work his way with this lot. And try and get them motivated, and you try and get the two best. different types there, don't you? Yeah, it's just. Uh, do so you think it'll put people off when when they look at our squad, or do you think we can get the managers always do though? I can get the best out of these players, yeah. but or do you think they'll look at what we've got? and Think I don't think I can. Get I think I think most managers would want I'd want want some assurances that they could bring their own players in, um, but that's that's been our problem for the past few windows. The 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 transfers have just been rubbish, and as far as I know, most of the the people responsible for that are still there. So. You know, when, when we mentioned earlier that, uh, that the, the new chairman was talking about 
um, potential loan signings coming in. And obviously some of those haven't come through. So who's responsible for that? Because he's obviously been told that we're, we're well on with these deals. So I don't know who's responsible for that. But it's it's impossible to say without knowing how much support he's going to get from 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 the club. Uh, that's why I've avoided looking at him. But I don't have a problem with Nigel yeah. Adkins coming in if if that's if that's what the club decide. Doesn't bother me that. Matt Hans Wolf kind of came out of nowhere. Just done a bit of research from him. Yeah. He's thirty eight years old, young guy, forty five percent win ratio. He'll smile. He was a coach at Dortmund Twos where we've heard surprise, that surprise, yeah. eight years ago. He only lasted fifteen games. Then he went to Stuttgart. Bundesliga 2, they got promoted to the Champions in 2016, uh, 52 games there with a 46% win ratio. He was then sacked in 2018 uh, and moved to Hamburg when he was asked a similar job to try and get them out of the Bundesliga 2, had a 50% win ratio, uh, 28 games. But again, at the end of last season, uh, just gone, he was sacked there. And all of a sudden his name you know, comes on, onto the list and I think he's his favourite for our job. Uh, but isn't that just what we've had before? Should we move away from that? What What's your view? I think the the I think you know all of you all know that the manager markets are volatile. It just takes a couple of people to put a few bets on because they think they've heard something and then it moves. It shifts very quickly, doesn't it? There's There's a couple that I've highlighted because and I I was quite vocal in wanting Hewton last week. That's not going to happen. So you know, put it behind you, get on with it, kind of thing. Um, I understand why we're not going to get him. It's fine. Has that been confirmed? Or where, where's that come? Has he actually it's, said? Or, or, yeah, I don't or know where it was said, saying... but loads of people have quoted it, but I can't find the source, but I'm right, pretty okay. sure he's... I think it was... Maybe at that Q&A he did. He did a Q&A for a it, few it people. It won't be a No. And, you know, if it's not fair enough, I understand where he's coming from, where I said if they don't want the job, then they're not going to do a good job. So, you know, fair enough. There's a few There's a few different ways. I think Danny's really right in, in what he's saying in terms of what's going to be the remit of the new manager and it depends on what the remit is of where to go with it. Hannes Wolf has turned around two relegated clubs quickly. He's turned around Stuttgart after they were relegated and got them promoted. Uh, he had a decent budget, I think, there to get them promoted and Simon Terodde smashing goals in. And Hamburg, I think, missed out on promotion by one point. He didn't even get the full season and they still sacked him. He missed out by one point. The, I think the only sort of he's worked with some good coaches. He's worked with Thomas Tuckle as well, who's you know a top class coach and you know, but Dortmund, PSG, etc. I think the only things is I think some town fans are a little bit wary of German coaches after Jan, uh, and people might want something new. And he lost the dressing room at Stuttgart, which is a bit of a red flag in some ways. But some other ones I think are quite worth considering. Just going back to Gary Rauer, I know. Intriguing the Gary Rauer one. Sorry, just to put in there, Matt. I'll bring you back no, in. But obviously, Burton, brilliant. 142 against 44% win ratio. He left them and kind he of... never got them up though, did he? No, he, he did. He kind of moved on, yeah. yeah. Went to Birmingham. Well, laid the foundation, didn't he? Really? Steadied the ship there before he was sacked. He was sacked at Birmingham. I always thought that he left for some reason, but yeah, he new left. New owners, yeah, new owners. Yeah, and I think it shocked everyone, didn't it, with the owners and things. He went to Derby and obviously decided to jump ship, which didn't go down you know, too well with their fans. And just kind of like doing a bit of research on the Derby. Apparently had, there were players there from five different managers... Some people said his approach were negative, but his people that were supporting him said they mm. were more games and, and had more goals from before. The only thing that worries me a little bit is that the Stoke situation feels similar to ours in that, obviously, they've gone down kind of a lot of, in inverted commas, big names on big salaries. And but, although maybe the expectation for the Stoke fans probably, and we were saying the same, is that they're going to come straight back up and it ended absolutely disastrously there. But then part of me thinks, well, hang on a minute, he's on a repair job for his reputation and this really could be a one, it 
But then do you think, will he jump ship again? But then cross that bridge will come to it. He really interests me, does Gary Rowe. And I, I think he's a serious contender. He does me, job. yeah. I think that when you look at the job he's done at Stoke, it, it is a similar thing that he done. But when he got sacked, he just lost his third game in 18. We'd love three, we'd love to lose three <laughs> games in 18. How many jobs and, though? Uh, well, quite a few. But yeah. he, he went in there, and I think they were 14th. And look at where Stoke are now after Gary Rowe. And I think the interesting... I know the football can be... I've seen his football, and I think it's a little bit dull, but... I'm willing to sacrifice that for safety during the, in the short term because I just want to win a few games. But I, I think in terms of Garrow, like you say, he's on a repair job. But they'd only lost three and eighteen, considering what Stoke were on. And he went in there and identified the problems really early at Stoke. The problem was the board and the and the fans wanted to back the players rather than Gary Rowett. And, and sadly, it was Gary Rowett that went rather than the players. Mm-hmm. I think I think people are a bit more smart here and they know there are issues with players. And I think Phil Hodgkinson's smart with that as well. So I think, whereas Gary Rowett would get a lot of people moaning and a lot of people going, oh, we don't want to play hoofball, blah, blah, blah. I actually think it'd be a really safe appointment. And like I was saying last week, I think the the reason I would go, I would be happy with a safe appointment is because I think, I agree with Danny, in that Phil's got to come in, he's got to look at all of the football club. He's got to look at, he's got to look at, he's got to look at recruitment like this. He's got to look at medical. He's got to look at coach. He's got to look all over. And he's he's got to, put his own stamp on things and bringing someone in safe will allow him to trust what's going on at first team level and allow him to focus elsewhere and start repairing anything that's broken and also praising where things have gone right as well. So I think that's quite key. Phil Parkinson, Neil, could he really come back after the empty chair or should we just look beyond that and no. he's done a job? He doesn't inspire no. his charisma. And- it's, it'd be completely the wrong appointment yeah. for everything you've just said. Rowett would be better than Parkinson, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, Danny Cowley's been mentioned, and I'm sure he'll be mentioned for a few jobs once managers start going, which they probably will Big be. Big compensation fee there, Cosy. I think it's 1.3 million yeah. to get him out of his contract. I mean, obviously, we saw it in Fer- Cowley. Oh, God. Is the rumour. Might be, might be wrong. Probably Brunson. no point. I think that's the, there's a snagging but, point with West Brom, yeah. I think, over it as well. I didn't think the football were that bad when the player does. I mean, he's a, it was a long ball to a kindy. They kind of got two guys to feed off in. They like to play out from the back a little bit, which surprised me. I thought they would a bit kind of, you know, get it up front quick. But Give him better players. And press yeah. high up the pitch. But, yeah, and again, they, you know, they did a job on us in the cup. But I suppose it's, it is going to be interesting. When do you think there's going to be an appointment, guys? Do you think we're going to... He excites me, does Cowley. Yeah. Do you know that the... the I watched, there's a video of him on Coach's Voice as how he turned around Lincoln. And again, it's a, a club which had bottomed out in the conference, but they went in there and the way that they went about turning not just the club around, but they, they brought everyone on board, you know, the tea, you mentioned the tea lady, the fans, ticket office. And the way they brought everyone into the group, I think, is something which is really exciting because I think it's needed here. Yeah. It's someone who could bring everybody well, in. Well, everything's disjointed at the minute. Yeah, excite them. And the, the only negative I can think of is, if people were slagging Jan Ziva off for being a PE teacher, then Danny and his brother are both PE <laughs> teachers. Yeah, they are actually PE teachers. 15 so, days uh, till the Sheffield Wednesday game, obviously after Saturday at Luton. Danny, surely the appointment's going to be made after that, you would think, but it's really weird. Normally you hear bits and bats, but it just seems to be really quiet at the moment. Yeah, we said the interview process is this week for the uh, the British managers and then end of the week for the, uh, the foreign ones. So I would expect before Wednesday... Sheffield Wednesday game that would be somebody in place and I can't see it being Mark Hudson so I'd expect a new arrival by then. Do you want a wild card, Cosby? Yeah, go for it. I saw this name mentioned, I can't remember where it was mentioned and I thought, do you know what? He almost got the Derby job um, first time and second and he's someone who's looking to be a manager by himself. Is somebody, the name itself will, a lot of people go, no, straight away. But he's looking to be his own man. He's an assistant manager Gary in the Monk. Premier League no, at the minute. 
He has a huge name in football, sometimes for the wrong reasons. And he can bring in... Do you know what it is, Neil? He will have the... I've had the conversation with Neil. He would have a huge pull to pull in, pull in young loan players from... I think he's got a connection the best, with Leeds where your face no, is. The no. best youth system in the country. He's got a real pull there. And I'm just wondering whether John Terry would be interested in being his own man and looking at the job. <laughs> it's no experience and it goes against some things what Phil has said. It was just some, something I saw somewhere and I just thought, oh, I wonder if he... It goes he against what he time. said, but it's... Um, <clears throat> There's things to it's offset. It's a big name, isn't it? There's It'd things to offset. Use. So yeah. Campbell's big a big gamble, name, but he's not. He's not big it. gamble, but You're, Lampard did it. The only thing I'd say is like, it don't feel like... We're locking we, Rachel up upstairs. She won't be going to games anymore, though. <laughs> I know it's kind of who dares wins, but it doesn't... Part of me just feels we need someone steady shit because obviously Sol Campbell's so, name's been mentioned and it just feels like we're a bit of wrong a time. I'm not a, a risk taker by nature anyway. No, but, you've got to balance risk and reward. Yeah, I just think it'd be crazy, but... I suppose it would I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd, I'd keep your eyes open on director's box on Saturday. Because let's be fair, whoever's going to be. I, I, won't be I won't be at all surprised if someday... director's box at Luton, some bloke's back garden, <laughs> in it? But if, but if it's... I, I won't be surprised if an appointment's this week. And I wouldn't be surprised, if it's even if it's not this week, that whoever it is going to be will be watching at Luton. For, at least they'll get one game. With their own eyes rather than a... You might get a few watching it. A video. There might be, so I think there'll be a lot of rumours flying after Saturday. Mm. So keep your eyes peeled. Hi, I'm Bobby Madley, and you're entering the Danger Zone. So on to the ever popular danger zone section. We didn't have our own danger in the zone last week, but he has returned. <laughs> Bubum, he's back in his chair. So without further ado, Mr. Wayne, who is your danger? Got well, not we haven't got two contenders. We've actually got four stroke five contenders <laughs> this week. The first one is Jorge Mendonca or George, if you're from Yorkshire. He is the Reading assistant manager who took it upon himself to leg it out of their dugout every time there's any remote contact on their players, flailing his arms around, shouting at fourth official, shouting at referee, made a complete tit of himself all the game and that. actually got booked towards the end. Just running out, simulating diving yeah, all the time for blatant a, free kicks. Yeah, like... Pritchard got booted in air and he's out screaming dive to referee. So, yeah, he's the first one in the danger zone. And I'm sorry to do it, lads, but the next entry to the danger zone is us four absolute dangers. <laughs> Started a podcast f- over a year ago. Called? Yeah. And he takes that chance. And since then, we couldn't hit a cow's <laughs> ass with a banjo. We certainly do not take that chance. So, yeah, we've, we've witnessed as... Don't, don't create that chance. As podcasters, we have witnessed three wins. Is that right? It's three, isn't it? Yeah. It's bad when you got just, not even cup wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've, only, we've only witnessed three wins, and we've only seen us beat two teams, that's, which I'm is that's that pretty shocking. So we season. are, we are one hundred percent us four. 
Sorry, Danny, I know you're not here that much, but you, you, you're in, so it's tough. Guilty by association. Yeah, so we, we are this week's Danger Zone champions, I think. Absolute <laughs> dangers. Huddersfield's German defender, Christopher Schindler, has unbearable responsibility on his shoulders. Right-footed Schindler! Yes! Scores the goal! That fires Huddersfield to wow, wow, wow. into the Premier League! Thank you, Neil. So, on some tweets, so obviously there's been a lot of doom and gloom around Huddersfield Town for a long time now. So I thought, let's try and get some positive tweets in from, from our listeners to make us feel good about Huddersfield Town again. So a lot of the people, and we'll mention them in, in a second, is saying we're, we're not Bolton Wonders or Berry uh, Crawford out there by the grace of a non-existent, omnipotent, callous, sadist, go away. Omnipotent, yeah, uh, Rachel, my reason to be cheerful, my birthday falls in at national break. At least I get a week and not being depressed by the, shall we say, not good football we are seeing. Colin Frontsack, new managers bring fresh optimism and a good appointment will get the juices flowing again. Feel free to chip in, guys. We are also not run by reckless crooks, contrary to populist simpleton opinion, which makes you consider the mess at Bury and Bolton. Uh, makes you very grateful, that. and that as well. <laughs> Jason Parrott, uh, can't get any worse than losing virtually every game. If we're fit enough to last the first half, then the fans could do the same and jack it in at half-time. They just don't go all to Magic Rock. It will take longer for me to get served. Uh, Chalabar, the Chelsea loan is the only thing to be cheerful at this time. Everything else is a disaster at the moment. Hopefully a new manager can turn it around. He has been great, Chalabar. I like him a lot. Dave Parkin, could be worse, could be a Leeds fan, and at least we've got Luton Town away to look forward to. Dan Tannen, the white seats look good. I don't think Leeds have got it too bad at the minute, have they? No, they're chugging along. No. Uh, FT50, cannot get any worse. Uh, Connor Armitage, at least we've played some of the harder teams to begin with. Would have been worse if we've lost all our games to to the bottom half, which a few people applied for. Yeah, we've played Lincoln City, so even a positive then got sabotaged. Max, hi, my reason is I won't get my photo in the examiner for a few weeks. Obviously, yeah. Getting pictures taken of her. Uh, Kevin Saunders actually looking forward to an international break. A lot of people are, are putting that, but I think it depends how you're doing and that as well. Uh, Jerry Hinnan uh, from the USA. Uh, my shirt arrived here in the US last week as beautifully sponsor-free as promised. Also, you guys keep recording. Thanks for continuing the excellent work. Oh, thanks, Jerry. Thank it's you for listening, Jerry. It's a belting shirt, to be fair. Is All three of them are decent, I think. Miles Dixon, only 41 games till the end of the season. Still got the Ashes to watch. James Bent again mentioning about we've played phase three of the promotion favourites. Uh, Ian Kilroy, the sponsor logo can't be wonky on the shirt this year. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, Andy Moore, an interesting one here. In the long run, it will get rid of some of the really salty and poisonous fans. We just need to get a bit worse first. <laughs> Don't seem to be a bit of danger there. Christ, that worse enough. Yeah. Not enough. I'm not sure yeah, about English that. There, yeah. David Hartrick, uh, a lot of what I bet he calls, I bet he's called David Hartrick so many times. I thought, yeah, Sorry, when I first How much has your post come through wrong? You're going to have to let <laughs> us know. Be a great football yeah. name though, David Hartrick. A lot of what's wrong is very fixable with the right man in charge and losing two on Derby and Fulham shows that this team's not a million miles away. A lot of work to do, but reports of your demise are wildly off the mark and David is a Brighton fan. So he, write, he writes some really good stuff, doesn't he, David? He's, he's re, he does the Opta stats, I think, for, for us and he's done bits with the examiner. His, his, interest, his stuff for puts is genuinely interesting. I, I think those results flattered us though, to be honest, those 2-2 two, two ones. Yeah. Derby and uh, Fulham could have been much worse. Mm. 
But from, from I agree, it's, it's not. It's fixable. Has to win. Takes us back to 16th of October 1993. Anyone can remember this game? Well, that was last win. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name, isn't it? Yeah. Huddersfield yeah, Town won. Barnet, who I think I'd lost every game up till that point in that season too. Saturday, the 13th of December 2003, Macclesfield 4, Town nil. also springs to mind. We got two Although, goals disallowed against Barnet. Yeah. What a joke that game. The Macclesfield, <laughs> compared to those days, everything's a bowl of cherry just now, but Danny, be the doing really merchant and come back at him. It's not. That Macclesfield game, if you take that in isolation, that, that was the best season other than uh, the Wagner promotion season that I've had watching town, and that includes 82-83. That season where we were down in the basement was really enjoyable. So, yeah, I, get I, I agree. What you're saying is, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, look at the number of defeats we've had, and that Macclesfield one is just one def- a defeat in that isolation. That Macclesfield there. one made the next win better, though, didn't it? Did, it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, he put that down as a turning point. But I get what you're saying, but yeah. there was more spirit about yeah. that lot than there is in this lot. They, they were probably one of the worst sides we've lost to since we've seen yeah. them. So I get where he's coming from, but. In terms of that season, that season was pretty good. It was, it was enjoyable. Right? I think Tom Reen is clutching a bit of straws. Our best player's out on loan and might be able to be recalled in January. So keep him out of the team. Well, Malky, we've sacrificed in the USA. NBC platitudes and press ignorance for August commentary with only three cameras. We will take it. Times it by 10, Malky, if you want to watch people over here like Danny Murphy and Danny Mills and what have you on Match We're interested in Stuart Webber, Neil, mentioning that about ignorance. Press in ignorance, weren't he? And that as well, he, he kind of was taking him at the task. We've mentioned, banged on about this for a long time. You were absolutely time. right, though, weren't he? Yeah. He were abs- every, every word that came out of his mouth was absolutely spot on. And his, his nod towards press ignorance and pundit, punditry. Even, even Gary Neville's been asked spot today, on, hasn't he? Yeah, Gary Neville is one of the best ones going, oh, we, certain teams need to be promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, no, they don't, Gary. Gary. It's just absolutely no, nonsense. As a buddy fan, get your money out, go save your club. Exactly. Teddy has seven and two. Uh, I have a brand new white seat to sit on. The only way is up. Siva has gone. Season cards will come next season. Got a new podcast to listen to. Trevor Shalabar. I miss Saturday's game being read in. Hope they help. I had a rumour there was a, a street party in uh, in Mike Street when Jan Ziva went. I don't know how that went. A one-man street party. This is funny for me. It's TFC images. Sat around decent people each week in the stadium. Limited morning bar stewards. That's worth a lot with a thumbs up emoji, and that's well. I think we all sit. Danny sits with uh, some decent people, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is heading. Where, no, where I was going to say you pay the extra, don't you, to sit with decent people? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we, we're all quite lucky. Because you think, pay more, we more people are more no. decent, is it? There's morning people all over, no matter where. Yeah, there is. Freddie Cocker makes a good point. We have a great keeper. If we're going to stay up or even do anything, he will be a big part of that. He's decent, Grabara. I like yep. him. Yeah. Yeah, he's passing with his feet a bit. I think he thinks he's a bit better than what he has with his feet. but I think he means come. Liverpool have a decent keeper that they've lent us as well. Mm. Unless he's referring to Danny Schofield there. Football <laughs> Charlie. Mark Hudson's up the training so that at least to be fitter. Should reduce our chaotic final 20-minute spells. I also believe David Webber started so we can start to hopefully sort out a lot of issues at the club with a real long-term plan. Yeah, good points. Question for you, Matt, from Jacob Rogers. I put £10 on Grant to finish the league's top scorer. Returns our £170. Do you think I stand a good chance? No. <laughs> it, it depends who the manager is and what system he plays to get the best out of them Claire Hill she's always positive our kit looks great good to see the team pressing high and getting the ball back for a good spell during the Reading match Grabara looks good on goal Jaded Brown Jaded Brown I think. <laughs> that's all 11 is it <laughs> Jaded Brown Jaded plays Brown. for Jaded yeah. Town yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best predictive I've ever seen Jaded Brown looks promising fans still getting behind the players on match days atmosphere was great when the team pressed uh, and Jimmy the Bulldog we've just had two years in the Premier if you'd have told me we've been in this position before Schindler walks up I'd still take it we'll be okay this season 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have taken it. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make this any easier, but we'd have all taken it. But it's yeah. just living through this now is a little bit some, trying. Some weapon here, TTC Matt. Uh, <laughs> it's my birthday tomorrow. Suspect all of my pod friends will have brought me a gift. I'm, I'm thinking these gifts must be under the table yeah. or something because I don't see anything so far. Danny waved his appearance. Smiley face is great, and that's well. So yeah, thanks, Danny. You're yeah. welcome. So just want to, before we end, we'll talk about Luton Town now. So Luton Town away, the world famous song will be sung. They, they take a little yeah. bit of umbrage with that song as well, don't they? Luton Town fans. They think what? it's they think it's us mocking them, but it's not really the case, is it? It's it us just, mocking ourselves. Yeah. It's us mocking ourselves. And they were the only team promoted at that point yeah. from League One that, and it rhymed with... Wasn't it great it <laughs> getting a morale boost in 3-1 at Barnsley on Saturday, so they'll be ready for us. And the guy who I... The things I'm gonna to have to. We're all gonna. Jacob Butterfield played for Luton. I'm Martin Craney. And Izzy Brown were on the bench. I didn't have Martin Craney down. That's how much of my uh, pre. Uh, He's all right. Martin Craney. He's scored a goal. He's scored for him as well, hasn't he? So far. Jacob Butterfield, the man who wouldn't want to get off the bus, according to Mr. Hoyle. Never Fulham. leave my house if I got the biscuits scored out, it that lad. When they abused him, though, at Derby, I remember that bank holiday Monday, that promotion yeah, season. Yeah. He, yeah, so thing is, <laughs> if you give it, yeah, you take it I know yeah. this is what's going to happen, isn't it? And that as well, Matt, you, you think we're going to get something at Luton Town? Is that going to be early, a early week? What? Early week optimism by Friday and by five past three on Saturday, I'll be wanting to go home already. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just saw a really good improvement from previous under Mark Hudson, and I just think that if we play like that, but for ninety, then there's very. very Every chance that we can get something. It's a smaller ground, so hopefully fitness won't be an issue. But I, I just, I think there's a chance we can get something. But there's a chance we can get something every I'll, week. I'll it's take just, a point now. Yeah, that, that's something. That's taking something. But I, I think we can get something. I, I think we've just got to score first. And I think that a lot of confidence will come from it. If they score first, we might as well just go on. Is it an half and half away end? Do they have, is it yeah, a bit like ours? Yeah. Is it? yeah. They used to, we used to get it all. Yeah, and they've changed so. the camera around to the other side as well. God. So yeah. it is, I think we've got 1,150. I think we've sold out. Um, yeah. So the Millbridge bus is full of people, absolutely nuts. You're going, yeah. I actually, I never yeah. got a ticket, and now I can go. Can you believe it? What a plonker! You'll be yeah, on the front yeah, of suits. Yeah. There'll be people giving them away. Well, some then. some people yeah. are returning them because they can't go. So if you're in the ticket, I might, I might give. We won at Luton. I was looking. We haven't played them many times a bit, but we won. We're Junior Mendes. There. I'm hoping Adama Diakabi turns Mendes. into Junior Mendes for that one. It's the best thing he ever did at Huddersfield was cutting from the left and smack one into the. Yeah, he had a golden month with Mendes. Everything he got called up, didn't he? And then that was it. Yeah, and then a different one came back. I went to rap, didn't it? Fingers crossed we come back from there. He hasn't got a sponsor name, has it? Is it Kenilworth Road still? Is it something that something we'll stay old school? Kenilworth Road, yeah, we'll do so. Yeah, going down there, get behind the boys. Just another couple of things. I don't know if anyone noticed in the Bundesliga on Saturday, Mr. Wagner facing more problems. Schalke nil, Bayern Munich three. Someone called Lewandowski, so he's gone from. Premier League's elite destroyed him to uh, one of the best strikers yeah. in Europe. Which is his first home game. I think they drew last week, didn't they? And I know there's a few town fans kind of tuned in some of the games on the BT and I'm hoping to get over there. One of your friends went out, didn't he, Neil? As well. Yeah, a friend, a friend of mine were there with, his, with, 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 all, with all his family. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's actually say? a Bradford fan, but his wife's a town fan. Right. And they, they put a few videos up and pictures and stuff and Schalke must have done all right because they, they were getting serenaded off the pitch by a full ground for 10 minutes. Right. Even yes. though they've been done 3 0. It's a different experience. Yeah, right? he I'd, just I'd said it was absolutely over. phenomenal. Yeah. So good luck to him. Good luck to Wagner and Bueller. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping an eye open. Bueller there as well. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, that That's who they were with. The, 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 the right. Bueller yeah. used to live across the road from him in Huddersfield. Yeah. 
so that they've stayed good friends. So they're actually, they went on holiday with Bueller and Bueller's wife and kids. And so Mrs. I'd, Bueller were in ground with them. I'd love to be Bueller's mate. It seems classed as yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. Once we get some technology on that, we need to get some German uh, Schalke English. Techno. Yeah, some techno on. Over to some craft work or something. This. I don't everyone else. I mean, we still love him, don't we? You love him, Matt, more than anyone, man. I know. I had to, yeah. Pass him a tissue. <laughs> for what? <laughs> for, yeah, for, I'm hoping tears. <laughs> Not your birthday yet. Yeah. <laughs> so just before I want to close, I mean, obviously, as we, speak, a kick. as we speak, some real worrying times for Bolton and Bury, and I don't know if you've kind of seen an update or anything, Neil, but so the takeover bid that they had has kind of fallen through, although Danny kind of hinted it, that. It said, it said the Bury one, the... It, the deadline had gone and they're out, but then I've just had another nose and it said there's three more bids coming. They always change so, the rules, don't they? Too? Well, I, good. Yeah. Good. Let's hope it gets extended. Let's hope they get Cup saved, twice. There's quite a few teams kicking off about it, aren't they? I mean, we, 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 we touched on it earlier it's on. It's a class club, is Barry. We touched on it earlier on. There's all these people who earn millions out of football. And I know it's not right. To, they're in the mess they are because somebody's gone and spent over, the, over their means and they've been totally... So Badly managed. Isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday. but yeah. Um, when you've got six millionaire superstars just down road who've bankrolled a non-league team into football league, so, and two of them have the dad's name emblazoned over main stand at Bury, surely walk away from your commitments at Salford then and dig in your pockets and get your local team saved and have have that as your project, mm. your your yeah, team. I so, agree with that. Salford so, just seems such a daft, unnecessary vanity project to me. And at Neville's need to be involved in that now. That that the, There's the Neville Neville stand at Bury. Yeah. You know, the dad was there pretty much all his life. So surely now, if that were your, if that were really your club and you had that kind of money and they needed less than a million to survive... Come on. So it's Oldham as well. Oldham are in trouble as well. And Paul yeah. Scholes is a huge Oldham fan. So it just, many, it'd be great they? if they went into those clubs. And I know they've obviously not got the the millions that, are, you know, the Malaysian businessman from no. Salford's got. But it'd be good to see them involved. What about today though? Didn't it make your heart glad? Oh, sad I didn't know. I felt emotional without 300 volunteers there to clean the ground. Yeah. And they must have got Quality. that news in the afternoon, that, that tick. Really, to be honest, it was really heartwarming because there were a lot in the town shirts Yeah, I saw that, yeah. A lot in the Leeds shirt, Accrington. Somebody had travelled from Torquay yeah. to help them clean it up, and then while they're there, they get the news that it's gone. Which you know, how, how, how do you deal with that? Well, and wonders as well. It's just makes incredible. our current plight seem toy town, doesn't it? You know, it's. Yeah. I know you didn't mention danger, Neil. I, I think it's stronger than danger, but absolutely disgusting. Sky Sports oh. putting a countdown clock. I could not. I've, I've only seen that while we've been sat here. Yeah, it's a disgrace. It's absolutely disgraceful. These people's jobs are going there, and there's. Weapon, Jim yeah. White. Well, Jim White. I can't stand yeah. Jim White. De- deadline. Yeah. Deadline, 52 like, minutes. How low can you stoop? Did he dress in well? yellow as well? Like an absolute... Disgusting. Yeah, he should have done, well. shouldn't he? What Honestly, absolutely. Dress in yeah. black. And Blo- bloke's an ass. Bloke's an absolute ass. He's all about self-promotion. And Sky Sports have just summed themselves up there an absolute treat. Very so many memories for the town fan, Danny. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be sad to see it go? I mean, most of them... Some bad ones, some good ones. I remember the Simon Grayson where we'd, well, we were we 4-1 up. We made a complete ball, yeah. wasn't it? 3-0, 3-0, wasn't it? 3-0, that yeah. was it, 3-0. John Rudd's good. The Dean Oil special, the 4-0. Which is a really good stadium, yeah. isn't it? 6-0, 6-0 well. both ways on yeah. a classical hat-trick. And one back, back-to-back seasons as yeah, well. Yeah, one season after yeah. the other, yeah. It's a nice stadium, isn't it, and that as well. Yeah. It's like Bolton, but 
Maidstone were the last ones to go in 92. Just hope that. Older shot as well went so just before. Trouble is, well. don't, Danny, don't there come a time where we've, they've got to say, is games six games behind already? Yeah. They're out of the cup. What? It's, it's horrible situation. I don't understand. Sorry. No, I, I, I don't understand why they've not let them play their games what Bolton have. What's that all about? I don't, I don't really get that. Because Bolton have played their game. That one were weird last week when they called the game because I reckon the too many young players and playing another game would tire them, and, but they had the players yeah. to play, really. I don't know, unless there's just not enough money to pay police and what have you to open the stadium. I don't, I don't know. Danny, we're going to expect to see Sorry. more of this in future years. We can go a list of wages being deferred and etc. It's odd, though, because I, I still remember Maidstone and Aldershot going from, from like my time when I were at school and... Uh, because I've seen Town play Aldershot a few times, never saw some mm. play sort of Maidstone, but that were a thing as well. I mean, you were talking about teams losing points, gaining points based on what had happened, and that was just the season before the Premier League. So everybody's sort of talking about that, the uh, the Premier League's influence, but it did happen before. Not clubs the same size as uh, Bury and Bolton, but I don't know, it's an odd one. I think EFL's got to take some responsibility. I've missed a danger zone entrant talking about... <laughs> Losing points and whatever else. There were a lad on Twitter, and I can't remember who a fan of. Out him, out him. Oh, what out an absolute danger! And he were going on about it. wasn't fair that Ipswich and Coventry and whoever else lost these points that they'd gained against Bolton, and it wasn't fair because all of a sudden Sunderland and Portsmouth and what have you are beginning. Yeah, Brandon Sutton. You absolute div. <laughs> You're a town fan? No, I don't think so. Good. But we're going on about how how they were going to lose points and that they gained and Portsmouth and Sunderland and all these other sides who were going to be up there were all of a sudden gaining these points on them that they didn't deserve. Yeah, Completely missing the point that nobody else could play them. Yeah, exactly. And I tried to explain it to him, but it was like, uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't happening. It was like talking to a Leeds fan about anything. So, yeah, Brandon Sutton, you absolute div. You've just outdone us, actually. You are the danger. So, guys, unless you've got any other business, speak now or forever hold your pieces. I, I'm just disappointed. I didn't get a chance to say it. I'm just a bit disappointed with how it's ended with Sabiri. I, I thought he looked a really good player when he was in the German under-21s. Yeah, just can't be a mug if you play for them, can you? No, it just seems a bit disappointing that he's gone before the new managers come in to kind of do anything with it. But we, we'll never probably know what went on behind the scenes and from what it sounds like he was a bit of a a danger zone contender himself behind the scenes. It just seems such a shame to have a talented player like that. We just can't judge him from what we saw at town though because we just didn't see him, did we? No, he looked, he looked good in flashes, didn't he? But that's all we ever saw, flashes. But what, what is it, was it not rumoured to be two million that we'd spent on him? I, know they, I think it was 1.5 rise into two, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. I think well, Nuremberg that, yeah. said it was something like that. But yeah, it just it just seems such a shame because yeah. you, brought, you buy a project player for that much money, you, you want to see a return, don't you? But... We'll have to we'll have to follow someone else for Instagram stories of them pulling serious faces in the car. <laughs> so Matt, thank you very much, and thanks to everyone uh, for listening. Uh, and biggest thanks really to Andy K for sponsoring tonight's podcast from AKLD. And if you're going down to Luton on Saturday, just sing your hearts out for the lads. You can ask no more really than that if you do that. So thank you very much, and adios. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. 
Pete's got a chance. Pete scores! Jack Pete scores! Heffel is in there! Smith scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! Boris Jerry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The watch was in, round the hair! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.